1: I'm uh, representing the the green and gold today. That's right. Let's go, A's. Let's go, A's. It's uh, clap, 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 clap. It's a great day to be a Oakland A's fan. Uh, we might. Are we getting kicked out of Vegas? What's the deal? <laughs> kicked out of Vegas? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the
2: effort to get the foot in the door is is still kind of the. Uh,
3: I don't know. G-
1: you, Are we you trying to me. kick into Vegas? You 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 tell me. I, I mean listen, I just I'm a recent I'm a recent A's fan. It feels like I picked the worst possible time. <laughs> just got into the A's this year, man. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. I just got into the A's this year. It's fucking tough, man. You know, I'm trying to watch these games. Uh I got the broadcasters making fun of me for eating chicken fingers and chocolate milk. It's tough. Like, I'm just trying to watch a game and I'm getting my character assassinated.
2: That's a dick move.
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) I'm just sitting there on the couch trying to take in some day baseball in the Bronx and, um, full blown character assassination. And (laughs) I, you know, it's fine. Hey, it's fine because I, I know a lot of people out there also enjoy chicken fingers and chocolate milk. Maybe not at the same time. Um, but yeah, no, it, and, and
2: many of them get dropped off in the morning at
1: daycare. Daycare.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that for the for the list of people, for the list of human beings that are fans yeah. of chicken tenders and chocolate milk, mm-hmm. the the uh, the Venn diagram of those people that also finger paint
3: are, <laughs> is <laughs> like...
1: Jay. You you enjoy a nice order of chicken tenders from time to time now
4: oh I mean I don't I don't know a person who doesn't actually I think yeah. I think it's just what is the ratio of ordering the chicken fingers to like other options on the menu uh, when they're when yeah. they're available to you or like how important yeah. is pursuing chicken the chicken fingers finger for dinner last night time. right I think that's <laughs> the point I think that's kind of the point. <laughs> when you consistently <laughs> point.
2: when you consistently are ordering off of the child's menu yeah. when there are other menus to order from. Mm-hmm. That is the discussion.
1: Um, so I have an update on my, uh, my journey into not being fat anymore. I've cut soda out of my diet. You're going to see a, a remarkable difference. Give it, I'll tell you right now, give it a week.
2: Your head is going to feel different. And you just, you're the lethargy that you experience. You're bloating. Your gaseousness gone, Mm. not, not, not completely gone, but it will. I mean, damn near.
1: (laughs) Well, I, yeah, I feel like that's a big thing is cutting soda out of my diet. I mean, I, I just looked it up. I'm not going to shame the company, but my, even my coffee is 350 calories. Sometimes I'll have like two of those a day.
2: It's fine. It's fine. Don't get caught up in the cal, in the caloric intake. You got to remember what we talked about. Look, if you're, if you're, if you're running your engine optimally, and you're and you're exercising, right? Mm-hmm. Calories. This these are fuel. There's now there's good calories back here, but this is fuel. This is what allows the body to operate. This is mm-hmm. gasoline. If yeah. you're not eating those things, if you're not taking in calories, you're you're relying on your already stored fats and muscle protein. I
1: got plenty of stored <laughs> fats, though.
2: I I understand, <laughs> and we're at a point now, though. Where you're going to start eating into valuable fat. You're going to start right. eating into valuable muscle. And pr- like, you're going to start experiencing muscle atrophy. Maybe that's what's happening. Kind of like way your down heels the line, though, right? have. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. But like, I- <laughs> I'm starting to think now that the issue with the height, j Hay, is the lower half Excuse is me? atrophied over a period of time.
1: What? I've been doing legs. What are you talking about?
2: No, I'm, I'm at, cer- at a certain point in time, like you become too far gone, like you can't uh-huh. be saved. And I'm right. saying that that's why like it wasn't the coffee that stunted your growth and it wasn't it wasn't just a bad gene pool i'm eleven. It, it it was probably is probably the atrophy that got to you. your calves were eating themselves just trying to <laughs> my calves are eating yeah, your themselves. calves are like look the guy's doing fucking biceps again today we're gonna have <laughs> to pull a little off the achilles and i i don't know if we're gonna bounce back but you know we'll see hopefully the guy wears a tight t-shirt today and this all pays off because if he doesn't mm. we very well could fucking fall down the stairs on our face because of our calves.
1: when do the a's come to boston what month uh, is that july i believe oh that's plenty of time i'm gonna have like tree trunk quads by then
3: oh yeah yes i'm on like week <laughs> six
1: week six or seven of my yes. leg program
3: yes <laughs> you'll see Yes, I
1: you'll will. see i'll I'll let you when we'll be down on the field. Red Sox, I'll A's, Fenway Park. I'll, I'll wear I'll wear the shortest shorts you've ever seen. I'll shave my legs. The, so You can the see the day definition. I see,
2: I, you know what? No, you can't. If I ever if I see you in a pair of shorts, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. I
3: got Why? What's
1: wrong with what's
4: wrong with me wearing shorts? Wait, are short can can we no longer do shorts?
3: No, you absolutely
2: can do shorts. Oh. <laughs> I have just never in my life even thought about seeing Jared's legs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> laugh it up now, laugh it, <laughs> get it out now. I'm just saying, get it out now because the clock is ticking on all these leg jokes being timely. Eventually, they're going to become outdated.
2: <laughs> and I, I hope, I hope that that day comes. I, I it's already,
1: it's already kind of here. it's already kind of here i went down to the the linfield opening day for little league and i was teaching the kids the the one one split and uh someone caught a photo of me mid uh had like my my left leg up i'm balancing on my right leg and you could just see the quad meat just tearing through those pants here we go
2: you could see the quad meat (laughs) yep
1: yep center
2: cut just analyzing yourself like you're a fucking axis deer hey. laying on the butcher block right now. Oh, this, I didn't look. look I didn't make quad a comment. Meat. Jared's got some strap to him now. Huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll uh, see.
2: Hey, I, I and I am. I believe I'm three days out from being eight weeks out of my quadruple
1: fucking hernia surgery that I have. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that you have that.
2: Yeah, I know. And honestly, so did I because the other day I like went to just like I was walking down the steps and then through the tunnel. And I was walking up the dugout steps to go out and I was going to hit the top step. And I, I got to the bottom step and just like leapt up to the very top step and I made it, but I hit and the impact and the stretch. And I was like, Oh fuck. And I had to like hold the top rail (laughs) and one of the grounds crew guys came over and was like, Hey, you, you all right. Am I going to know? am I going to need to go get a trainer? Are you good? I was like, I'm, I should, I fuck. I don't actually, I don't know if I'm all right. I, I need to fuck. So I had to like stretch out. I was not doing well. And what sucked about that is 20 minutes later, I walked behind the cage to go see Booney and gave him a hug. And he looked at me and like, like push, like pushed me away and looked at me. It was like, and it just goes skinny. Ooh. <laughs> and, I got, <laughs> and I went quadruple hernia boony he was like oh i was like yeah i'm not fucking doing well right now so uh, i've got a few days and then uh and then the clock starts as well
1: i i like that's i know what that feels like i would rather be called tubby or fat than someone hug me and be like oh you're oh a little
2: frill can't do anything he's he's just like do you need a cheeseburger
1: yeah I, I mean at least when I'm fat, fat in- I can be like yeah like I'm bulking. But <laughs> it's like, bulking oh, you're skinny it's like you fell off man. You're just I know, it's so <laughs>
2: disheartening like yeah I know. I
1: Yeah.
2: I I, I can't fucking move. I got it's
1: it. It's tough. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zen nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number 1, but Zen nicotine pouches are already there. Zen has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number 1 nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zin. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus... Every can of Zin earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's Zin, ncom Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it.
1: Every time.
3: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Joseph, I I know you said that you haven't been watching the Braves because they're boring because they win so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you happen to take in any of the past two baseball games that they played? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have any have any thoughts? Maybe because you know th- we have we have a Red Sox podcast that we do, but even the listeners of that podcast uh, have been complaining, being like, "I am begging you to bring up the Red Sox on baseball is dead," and what better time to do that than? Um, after the Red Sox play the Braves, and to ask you what you think about the Red Sox this year, my, my
0: honest opinion on the Red Sox, Mm-hmm. them boys, they can hit, 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 they can they 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 uh, they got some nice cl- nice relievers who used mm-hmm. to be on the Braves. <laughs> yeah, two of them last night, Chris Martin Kenley and Jansen. Kenley.
1: Wait, Chris Martin was on the Braves?
0: Yeah. I only remember him with like the Rangers and Dodgers. I didn't know he was on the Braves. Yeah. So last night was a double revenge game for your socks against mm-hmm. us. And yeah, got to tip your cap. But yeah, look, like Kenley, the guy is insane. Guy was throwing 99 mile an hour cutters last night. Oh, I mean, it are.
2: Where's that coming from?
1: I don't know. <laughs> like, so the whole thing during spring training was how is the pitch clock going to affect Kenley Jansen? And. I went down there, sat on one of the benches and watched him pitch on uh he did live ABs against like two or three different guys on the backfields. And I took out my stopwatch and timed him every single pitch. He was delivering a pitch within 10 seconds every single time. Uh I I was like, okay. All right, yeah, like he's not doesn't look to be laboring, like he's throwing strikes, like velo looks good and I I want to say Lauren Shahadi of MLB Network did something like an inter like when they do like the whatever, like 30 ballparks in 30 days or whatever, when they they interview, like they go to like a different camp a day during spring training. And uh she had asked Kenley about the pitch clock. Like, do you think that this this is gonna have an effect on you? And his response was like, I, he he almost was like insulted. Like, watch. Like he knew for whatever reason. Like, how would he know at that point unless Unless, like, you know, you, you go out there a couple times and you're not winded. Fine. But he he has thrown, like, he's been sitting 97 with his cutter when, I mean, you can attest to this, Joe. He was, what, 93, 94 with the Braves with his cutter?
0: Uh, yeah, most, I'd say 92.
2: Yeah. yeah do, we, do we not remember when there was a day where Kinley Jansen was, thro- where he would fire a fucking heater. We'd see 88. We'd see 89. Like, that was, that was real. And that yeah. was just a few years ago. That, I mean, so like, first and foremost, when I say, where the fuck did that come from? I love the idea of Kimley Jansen rekindling his stuff. That is insane to think about. Like, this guy, this guy just became the seventh pitcher in the game's history, in the game's history to get to 400 saves. Mm-hmm. Seven guys. He's number seven. And he arguably right now is featuring. Some of his best stuff ever, ever. How? I mean, that just doesn't happen. So I think instead of like wondering what just enjoy the ride type deal. I mean, you got to ask the questions like, damn, like, what do you think is contributing to him starting to unleash this like Kindly Jansen 2.0 from yesteryear?
1: Well, like, to your point, Dallas, like the 88. I remember the 88 because I, I mean. I'm the type of guy that, you know, I'll watch the Red Sox on the big TV. But at night, uh, once you get to the West Coast games, I'm either watching the Padres or the Dodgers like the last few years. <clears throat> um, and I saw like the the velocity coming down. I'm like, damn, you know, Kenley's at the, the end of his rope here. Like this guy was a beast. And then he goes to the Braves, leads the league and saves. But he's still like 93, which I mean, if you can get out at 93, then that's great. Like, who gives a fuck? Absolutely. But then this year he's sitting ninety seven and I say he throws ninety nine it was probably it was it was the last batter, so like obviously he knows uh four hundred saves is on the table here. I've got two outs, and I'm really amped up to get that four hundred save i think um you know just like the the final out of the world series, everyone wants the punchy for the big moment uh and he did get it, but it was on like an eighty eight mile an hour slider so he's he's gassing this guy up at ninety nine and then uh gets him with the slider at eighty eight but yeah, I don't know i mean it's it's crazy like some of the some well, of the things that we've been seeing from and and uh I just saw what kevin gosman he's he's his last outing last night uh he was hitting ninety nine like he was throwing the fastest that he's thrown since twenty twenty i believe like he was hitting ninety nine on the gun, so I don't know like guys guys are just like how do you do that like how like i well, get that there's adrenaline in certain situations but that's a pretty drastic jump for kenley to go from 93 88 to to 97 99 and then gosman's just like yeah i'm just going to decide to throw 99 today chris sale same thing chris sale was fucking throwing 99 to bryce harper over the weekend and he hasn't hit 99 since 2018 there's a lot of, before we, before because I, I think it's interesting just to kind of ask questions
2: out loud instead of coming from a point of speculation, which I don't think is ever good. It's not, it's not how you should react initially. I think it's a little, a little more fun just to like banter around the ideas of what could lead to such a velocity increase, especially at this point in his career. But before we do that, I think we just need to pay the respect to what it means to reaching this milestone, because this isn't something that just happens overnight this takes clearly what's moving behind you that was me oh my dog maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's he blends into the uh he blends into the
3: oh there he is yeah he's right there <laughs> yeah. yeah um but you don't just stumble upon this
2: benchmark overnight there has to be a ton of viability, productivity, durability, all wrapped in one over a long period of time. And that's what Kinley Jansen has provided really since 2012. It's been 25 plus saves every year since 2012. And then you start to get into 2014 and you're looking at 40 plus at times. I mean, 2015, the next year, he didn't get quite to 40. And there's some, some years after that as well. But you're talking from really, From 2014 on, it's 35-plus saves every fucking year and punching the world out. That's why it's just remarkable to think about how the stuff is evolving now. And just for namesake, remember, Kinley Jansen joins Mariano Rivera with 652 saves. Trevor Hoffman at 601. Lee Smith at 478 saves. K-Rod, 437. John Frankie. Give me the last 424. Billy Wagner. Give me the last 422.
3: <laughs> and now Kinley Jansen joins the 400 save club. Mhm. Which is pretty cool. Like he uh grew up a Braves fan and
1: did it in Atlanta. I think I saw the tweet about uh the video that they Uh, gave or made for kenley and andrew jones was a part of it let me see if i can get the names and then um cora was talking about it after the game saying how like how fucking cool is this that jt's out there at second and kike's out there and for for uh for kenley's 400th so they can The congratulatory video to Kenley Jansen uh, that he got in the clubhouse. Joe Torrey, AJ Ellis, Clayton Kershaw, Ozzy Albies, Russell Martin, Austin Barnes, Eric Gagne, Andrew Jones, Jerickson Profar, Jonathan Scope, Rick Honeycutt, his wife and his kids.
3: That's pretty cool. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Rick Honeycutt was the guy that uh, the Dodgers bullpen coach that after they added the bullpens where they are at Fenway park in like the 1940s decided to complain about where they were located because uh, during the world series, he was like, they're too damn close to the fans. Like the fans can just yell at the players. Like bro, they've been there literally
0: since fucking Hiroshima. He's also the guy who uh, tried to cheat with a thumbtack during a game and then accidentally cut his forehead and was bleeding out of his face and got ejected for it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he got ejected for <laughs>
0: bleeding out of his face.
2: It's a mos- it was a mosquito, not a thumbtack, Joe. That <laughs> slander. What is the
0: what's the full context there, Joe? Do you have, is I, this like in one of your videos? Yeah, I've mentioned this multiple times. I have to like relook it up to get all the facts right. I I think it was a thumbtack that he had, like in in his glove, or like it was like taped to his thumb, and he was you know scratching the ball against it, and then wiped sweat off his face with thumbtack on his thumb. So he just fucking cut his forehead open, and I think he either got ejected or had to come out of the game. But it's a yeah, it's a legendary story. That sucks.
2: <laughs> I fucking one time in Texas, I popped a fucking ammonia cap
5: mm.
2: with my with my thumb and and the fucking fiberglass in the ammonia cap into my finger, bled oh. all over my fucking finger, and I almost had to come out of the game.
3: Ooh, and no it, and it
2: stung a little too yeah that was not but i had fucking yeah i had to have the trainer pull fucking glass out of my finger
1: uh, uh, yeah no thank you um Jay, hey, do you have any stories about uh cheating in sports in in your younger years
4: cheating no <clears throat> i mean i have a story of getting cheated for sure um oh uh, do tell weird weird slighted weird yeah clancy and i have told this story a few times i guess but for all the listeners who haven't was this
1: like the the dad was like the home plate umpire or something like
4: that right that's exactly right (laughs) mr maxwell um yeah we were we were on the same team in, in little league you know fighting for a championship in the title game uh i was pitching and um the guy, the home plate umpire, was the father of a kid playing on the other team for the time. I can't even What's believe, even at that volunteer, age, I can't believe I volunteer. let that stand. Um, That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, He's I can't believe volunteer? with how
1: crazy parents are at little league games that they let that a happen.
4: ball bounced on the plate, and he called it a strike, strike. to essentially softball. end the game. uh No, it wasn't softball. It was baseball. Shouldn't have been a strike. um and uh his son won the championship, and let me just say during my less mature years, we made many many a prank phone call uh over to that house demanding <laughs> demanding the return of the trophy uh to its rightful owner recompense yeah, and honestly if r j. Maxwell is listening to the podcast right now i would I would request that he send it back because i'm not i'm not too old <laughs> to enjoy it at this point um, Hopefully, I got a lot of life left. So yeah, no, never cheated in sports, but definitely, definitely You've was robbed the title there for sure. <clears throat>
1: R.J. Maxwell, I, that the fact that I know that name is is crazy. <laughs>
4: I'm, glad, I'm glad you're over it. No, I mean I'm glad that it's getting out there and more people yeah. are not only hearing about it but remembering it years later. Uh,
1: because Have you heard from him like, in, a, in a, any at any recent point in your life? No,
4: I think the the last time there was any level of contact was probably 20 years ago at this point yeah um yeah so i mean listen if if i had run off with a stolen championship that my my daddy gave me uh i probably (laughs) i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't be making a public figure of myself either so um the trade-off i guess Mm -hmm. can we go back to kenley for a second though yeah just yeah go ahead um so a couple of things one one that i had looked up and then one that uh mike petriello wrote uh for mlb and and savant and all that so the it's it seems to be about the cutter and kenley had some interesting uh quotes this off season or at the beginning of the season about like his off season workout regimen and like what he was focusing on and it's i'm not going to pretend to know about stretching and he talked about his spine and stuff like that but what Mike found was that um not only the obvious stuff, like his cutter usage is at its highest mark since two thousand and eighteen, his cutter velocity is basically at its highest point in a decade. Think about that think about think about turning the clock back ten years mobility on on your cutter velocity, and just to go back, he's throwing it about seventy nine percent of the time, which is much more like what you know like the the cliche Kenley that we all kind of knew back in the day, w- relying on that one pitch. Um and then Mike found that uh he's traded he's traded cut on the cutter for rise, and that's part of obviously the increase in velocity, but he's got thirty five percent more rise than cutters thrown um like at that trajectory basically uh and then his release point, and this is what I found particularly fascinating, and I would love Dallas's comment on if he has anything, is that his release point is functionally a foot closer to third base and several inches lower and it lines up so and so obviously instead of like this last yep. year he's more like this this year and that lines up with more of his release point from when he was the guy that we know in 16 17 18 and stuff like that so um and then in terms of the velocity increase uh second largest velocity increase Uh, on his fastballs year over year from last year and seventh largest on his breaking stuff. So it's not just the fastball; he's throwing everything harder. So I just, to me that suggests that's like a bunch of flashing signs that say, this is like so real and something that I would anticipate continuing. But
2: well, he hinted at mobility. He talked about mobility, being able to physically put himself in a position. Now one that he's comfortable getting to, but secondarily, one that allows him to repeat getting into this position. And now when you start to, and this is where being in the lab comes into play, right? I can now correlate what I'm feeling with a number. And now I can correlate the result with the feeling. And we sort of have a number to identify what all of that should look and feel like, right? So if I start to feel off, now I start to think about a certain number or a certain set of numbers, right? Maybe it's extension, maybe it's release height. And those are things that you can continue to evaluate. Now you start to get into spin axis and now you start to talk about spin efficiency. And those are things that you can really hammer out and pinpoint how often you're repeating these things. And so now you're correlating, where am I at in terms of head space, arm space, release point, what do I do to continue to get here and repeat this because the numbers are telling me when I do my profile, my pitch profile, shit is taking off. Now stuff is really so, starting to finish now. And that's where we get into, the, you know, for, for some of the smaller pitchers or guys who might not throw as hard, they don't have that 95 flashing across your screen early. Well, perceived velocity extension Mm -hmm. those are some things that can help mask or kind of put a little lipstick on your 92 now your 92 puckers up and looks maybe 94 95 because you're just maybe that much closer than other guys who look like you when you let the ball go so if we all are the same height all letting go of the ball in roughly the same area but for whatever reason joey is fucking three inches farther out there Shit looks a little different coming out of Joe's yeah. hand. Joe's ninety four or Joe's ninety two looks like all of our ninety four, and they're like, yeah, but and what you know, and, and Joe's got this little slide piece that just it just looks different. I don't know what it is. Well, we do know what it is these days. We've got a, a much better time of trying to identify that. So when you are the pitcher who is identifying all of these things that work well for you, this is sort of the aha moment that guys can have. This is the unlocking that guys want to occur when they go to a driveline or they go to a Texas baseball ranch, right? Are they going to, to some of these labs and they want to be unlocked? This is what they're looking for. How do I physically move? Is there a way that this can happen more efficiently? If so, let's take a look. Now we get into pitch design. So that's why guys do these overhauls because maybe I'm not moving like I can't. I- can we figure that out? Great. Now my shit is starting to move a little different. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because you are physically moving a little different. So now let's take a look at the baseball when it comes out of your hand. And now you're just, you're, you're fucking Frankenstein and shit. And, and that's like when you're an elite athlete and you've been moving like Kimley's been moving, it doesn't take the 10,000 reps to, to become perfect at this thing because our DNA just works a little different. Now you've been, you've been perfecting shit. In literally a quarter of the time that it takes other people to because your body is so in tune with being able to make these small, minute adjustments that have a major impact on stuff.
4: He used the term opening up my thoracic spine. And I, yes, I'm starting that's
2: what I said. thoracic.
4: I'm starting to think <laughs> that my thoracic spine is very clogged. Um, I'm, <laughs> not, what, what I'm not moving the way I need to either. Um,
2: you, you can't move. Like, think about. Think about someone pointing their finger directly in the middle of your back and you mm. being able to pinch their fingers with your scapulas, with your shoulder blades. Some might be able to pinch the finger. Some
4: I'm too might bulky. not be able to I'm get there. I'm too bulky
2: up in the chest. Yeah, a lot of Might math. not yeah. be able to get there. Like, think about Jared. Like, the, the mass of his man breast carrying him forward. He probably has a tough time, you know what I mean? Bowing out. Yeah. But, like, in, in all honesty, the when you th- hear guys talk about thoracic outlet syndrome, yeah, what they're you know you're you're moving a rib, you're clearing some space for your thoracic spine to move around. Now you're a little more
3: mobile.
0: Yeah, it's pretty obvious if you watch him. That's what he's thinking because he does that hip twist with uh, the uh, the patented the. hip thrust. Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. if he still does that, but he, he race with the pitch clock still. Oh yeah. yeah. Thank God, because that thing is that thing is cool shit.
3: <laughs>
0: I always hey. love Kenley. Yeah, that, well, I was gonna ask you that, Joe. Is
1: like everyone loves Kenley. He's very humble, great guy. Teammates love him. I don't know anyone that doesn't like Kenley Jansen. As a Braves fan, are you sitting there being like, "Where was this last year?" Or are you like, "Good for him
0: that he's succeeding"? No, honestly, Kenley last year was like. Pretty good the entire year had like one really bad stretch, and it was like a few weeks where he was. Bad. I think his numbers look a lot worse, and they're not terrible. There was like a three three ERA lead, lead
1: saves last year. He did, he did.
0: Yeah. But there, there was like a lot of heart attack saves happening in there. Well,
1: yeah, I,
2: I get it, but God, the the fucking job got done for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm more talking about like where where were the ninety seven ninety nine mile an hour uh, cutters last year? That's
2: yeah, that that's that's fair. That's that's a. Fair inquisition, but that's why I said, like, so so what do you guys think? Like, if like based on everything I just told you about mobility and being able to move around, I think it's a matter of being physically comfortable.
1: Yeah, but I mean he's also had like experienced back tightness uh in the last couple of weeks as well, where I think it was his first appearance after um he he was down for maybe two or three days because of the back tightness. And then the next time out, he blew a save, his only blown save of the year. but yeah, I mean, like mobility, obviously, if you're feeling better then that there's obviously a correlation between that and and the and the jump in velocity, so It's just nice to see him doing well. Four hundred saves uh Jay Hay is Kenley Jansen a hall of famer?
4: yeah, i mean uh, unless we want to do like a side conversation about. Should people with a thousand career innings and relief uh primary relievers be in the Hall of Fame? If we're going to move past that and accept that they are going to be and we need to reckon with that, then yes, he should unquestionably be in the Hall of Fame. I looked this morning actually because I was trying to find like a reliever from the past to comp him to a little bit statistically. And it just turns out that if you look at Kenley Jansen versus Billy Wagner and include their postseason work, Obviously, Kenley had a lot more of that, but I think that should kind of matter, carry some weight in, ter- <laughs> in terms of his viability for the Hall of Fame. They have the exact same ERA, the exact same ERA, 2.41. Um, and Wagner's innings lead on him is down to about 70. So <clears throat> Billy Wagner is trending towards getting in the Hall of Fame. And I think once Kenley gets there, <clears throat> the door for these non Mariano closers is just going to be much more starts to open. much more so open and i that's, that's why i like it. the Kimbrel thing is so interesting to me and we talked about that on previous pods is like kenley's finishing strong right and may may for all we know have another three or four years left him in, in to, to get the 500 saves somebody noted on twitter that there's nobody between 500 and 599 it's the 600 guys and a bunch of dudes under 500 one
2: um, and then yeah
4: yep so just kind of as an anomaly i'd be interested to see how how far he keeps going but uh yeah i think he's in the hall of fame and uh he has to be considered you know if not the greatest reliever of his era then i mean really really close and i'm not sure who the better guy is to be honest because Kimbrell fell off because Kimbrel fell off i mean if you want Kimbrel's yeah. peak that's fine but i think kenley's body of work and what he was able to contribute well, on a postseason level is going to, is going to look pretty good. These are, these are two guys I remember us
2: three talking about four or five years ago about the trajectory of their path or, or, and it being Hall of Fame-worthy, Mariano Rivera-esque, like, like they're going.
3: And one guy has kind of continued that climb and one guy hasn't. It's too bad. <laughs> I at one point, like I said a couple episodes ago, Craig Kimbrell was on pace with Mariano Rivera. That's fact. Mm-hmm. He was on pace. Um, <clears throat> I'm
1: getting a call from Fort Bragg right now. Am I getting drafted?
4: <laughs> nah, that's probably a scam. I think the more, I, I think the more interest. Uh, this is for a separate podcast, but just as the my final point, at least on the Kenley stuff, is like. Where does the next Hall of Fame reliever come from after this grouping of people? Because if you look at the all-time leaderboard just to use saves as a shorthand, you've got Chapman as the only other active player who's even close at 316. And I think I think for various reasons, Araldis Chapman's Hall of Fame candidacy is on life support. Um if if he if he was ever moving in that direction to begin with. Then you have Mark Melanson at 262. I think we can move beyond oh, that. God. And then, <laughs> all due respect to Mark, um, who I know is a big listener with the podcast, um, Edwin Diaz at 205 uh, would be the next active player. And so I think, like, I- I'm very interested to see where the closer in the Hall of Fame conversation moves uh, as we go forward and fewer people are installed in that position over a 10- or 12-year period. Um, and the save. And and save stop being the shorthand by which we measure closer greatness. I think that's the next thing always, to get over.
2: I, I think we're gonna get to a point where we like I, I I've I've been thinking about this. I haven't put a, a whole lot of specific thought and really tried to focus on what I'm thinking about here. I know that didn't make much sense.
4: Um <laughs>
1: how much i've been thinking value? not really sure about what <laughs> i think what? that's <laughs> your motto just really
4: generally sure. i think that's your motto
1: i don't know <laughs> what are out. you going for think there that's how much basically emphasis, what you just said
2: think about how <laughs> much emphasis we place on the last three outs of the game right and and i will always go to war for how different they are than the other outs in the game and there's there's a ton of truth to that but it's almost like we have vaulted the last three outs of the game over what it's like for a guy to be able to get, say, 18 to 21 outs in a game, all himself. And when did that become more important? When did the one guy getting three outs consistently become more important than having a guy or multiple guys who can get you 18 to 21 outs every time they take the ball, That's every five days, which allows the guy in the back there that we're running out there for just three of them, to be as good as he is because that guy doesn't get those opportunities. If you don't have the guy who can account for 18 to 21 at a time.
4: And that's why I think the era where the save was fetishized, like, you know, from let's say the, the late mid 1980s until, you know, kind of like the present day, really, I guess, um, or five years ago. That's why I think it's going to look even more silly in hindsight, because if you strip away the save statistics, and that's really what mm-hmm. we're talking about here is a that's, measurement that's, that's, for reliever that's, greatness. That's um, it. And that would be appropriate in the way that they're used in 2023. If we're going to strip mm-hmm. that away, then doesn't it make something like Johan Santana not being in the Hall of Fame and a guy a and, and a great reliever like Edwin Diaz or something like that, who's going to end up with fucking like a third of the innings pitched of Johan Santana and not that many saves mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes down to it? Like, doesn't that make... Mm-hmm that seem even more ridiculous. Like, if if yeah. the save isn't what it is, then why are some of these relievers in the Hall of Fame when Johan, who threw literally three times as many innings as some of these guys that we're talking about, is not, you know, was like kind of one and done on the ballot. It's crazy.
3: Yeah. Yep. I, I just, I, I,
2: I, I've wondered, and I've tried to, you know, think about the arguments, and, and that's why I, <laughs> the, the statement about me, you know, I've been thinking about this and I'm not sure how I've been thinking about this kind of came about because I do. I understand how important those three outs are, but I I know, I know that that guy doesn't shine. If he doesn't have a guy or two in the rotation, handing him the ball or handing the ball to the bridge that allows him to be who he is. So just the level of importance that we've placed on the last three outs, as opposed to guys who get 18 to 21 of them consistently, has been mind-boggling.
0: Well, isn't there only one reliever in the Hall of Fame? Is that right? Is it just Mariano? No. Who is it? There's more than that. I
1: was told uh, that. No, Hoff- under- I mean, Dennis source. Eckersley is a Hall of Famer, but he had a hybrid career. But
4: he's, yeah, John Smoltz as well. Uh, Trevor yeah, Hoffman's is in the, the, Hall the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Lee Smith is in Lee the Hall, Smith Hall of Fame. Lee Smith is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, good old that Mr. Fingers is in the Hall of Fame.
0: Raleigh. Yeah, See, that, this, is why, this is why Goose I said Goose Gossage is in the Hall of Fame. the Goose. Yeah, and this is exactly this is exactly why I said that because I wanted to give those guys shine. Thank
4: you. There you go. Well, well, just while (laughs) we're Bruce Suter, yeah. While we're doing it, Bruce Suter, Bruce Suter, Point Wilhelm, shout out to him. Um, I was told by a
0: fucking idiot. There's only one of them, and I was like, "Really? I I
4: think you have. I think you've accurately identified that person as a fucking idiot." Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just my friend telling me that. I'm like, "All right, yeah, sure." yeah Yeah, sounds
1: good imagine you did a whole 20 minute video on on the one reliever They'd do really good numbers i bet yeah
2: it's
1: not for the you right would love reasons. that shit yeah
2: you should do a, you should do like one propaganda video every month like one that is just a complete and total lie
4: and see how many people just fucking buy it and they're like this is real dude it is it's so stupid that john franco is not in the hall of fame if we're really going to have this guy like if he has he's fifth going all, through your RBI baseball roster. He's fifth all time in saves and has thrown 300 more innings than Billy Wagner and like is just oh, yeah, it's that guy who's fifth on in the saves and like K-Rod is Ever. fourth K-Rod's fourth all time in saves at 437 and no one thinks that man should be in the Hall of Fame. Why is that? That's correct. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like because his his peak of dominance wasn't. That long, like it was probably what, like O two to no, it
4: wasn't. But like, like O eight, but he had four hundred and thirty. Like he has two hundred more innings thrown than Kenley Jansen regular season. Two hundred.
1: What's his ERA plus?
4: uh one forty eight. And- less
0: war than Harold Baines. Less war than Baines. He's trash. <laughs> piece of shit. Idiot. Well, He's a piece of shit closer. That's gonna he be sucks. a problem. Than- that's gonna be a problem
4: for all relievers, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> Let's see. So his is one forty-eight, and Kenley's is uh, one sixty-two. So he's so better, but also fewer innings pitched. I just like I'm not necessarily advocating for K. Rod in the Hall of Fame, but which relievers get credit for being save masters and which ones do not is fascinating to me because f- four and five are just non-starters for the Hall of Fame, one and two. Our locks three took Lee Smith took like 20 years to get into the hall of fame and he's yeah. third. <laughs>
1: it, <laughs> I just remember like that was like a thing for the longest time was that, the, that Lee Smith was the Red Sox leader in saves for the longest time <laughs> until Papelbon broke it. It was like, yeah, because like, I mean, just, this just wasn't really a thing. Yeah.
4: Like the <laughs> whole, like
1: the whole, like having a guy that goes out there and saves games concept it is just, we're still trying to figure out what the fuck it means. I it's I played
2: crazy. I played with a guy by the name of Russ Springer. Sure. Okay. I have a
1: ton
3: a ton of respect for him. And Russ played with Lee. And they played they played together in St. Louis. And
2: Russ would just tell stories and talk about like the presence of Lee Smith and the idea of Like, you know, a ball game's over when somebody takes the mound. You know, the ball game's over when this dude basically just like walks into the room. That was the presence of Lee Smith. And he was talking about Lee Smith. Like (laughs) he was talking about Lee Smith not getting into the Hall of Fame because people might be so fucking scared just to even comment on Lee Smith being a Hall of Famer not being a whole and he was like joking about it because that's how goddamn intimidating Lee Smith was. Like just a dude not to be trifled with at all, and a guy who gave off the impression that he was going to come in and and rip your fucking heart out and eat it right there on the mound. And you're yeah. not gonna do nothing about
0: it. I can attest to that, bro. I'm going to be the show that like he's got a card. He, oh, and they put him in and I face him and I'm going to be the show. And he, and, some, and he strikes me out a lot. And I can attest. <laughs> <to> <laughs> intimidating presence for sure. I, mm-hmm. the, the,
1: the other interesting- thing, too, I think nerds are going to ruin the closer entirely. Because, you know, um, uh, speaking from it's already close experience here in Boston, like you've got a, an electric reliever in Garrett Whitlock. And what do the nerds say to do? Oh, put him in the rotation. Like, if he's that good, then he should start. Like, I think we're just going to start seeing that. Like, well, well, it's, the- it's,
2: but see, th- that's that's what I'm talking about when I ask the last three outs of the game and the first 18 to 21. It's almost like the nerds are going, you know, now that I think about this, having <laughs> a guy this fucking good. Instead of letting them out there for just one inning, wouldn't it be great if we could identify guys well, oh, that could, I don't know, start the baseball game and maybe get out over hope. the course of say six or seven innings? Holy shit. Hold on. I think we're on to something, uh, boys. We'll call it a rotation of arms. I'm That's calling start the game. I'm <laughs> calling a starting
4: rotation. I'm calling complete Holy fuck. I'm calling complete bullshit on this. Because here's what's actually happening. no it's already happening. No, no, hold on, hold on. Not that part. Is that analytics people have been advocating for the best people to be in the rotation or to pitch the highest leverage innings as opposed to the last three in the game for the entire time that I've been a baseball fan. And it's been old-timey managers and front office people who had to get moved out of the way who said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, this man, this delicate flower can only be disturbed when the moon <laughs> is at <laughs> a certain angle and it's the ninth <laughs> inning of a three-run game. Four-run game? No. No. No 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 no. Uh, three <laughs> no, run no, no
3: no 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 no.
4: Three run game in the ninth Jay, inning. Jay, and if it's Jay, the inning. The eighth inning no. run on deck. inning no. Tie run on deck. Tie <laughs> run on deck. And everybody was like, "Yo, that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Why have you been doing it that way for a hundred years?" And then people were like, "Oh yeah, okay. Let's just use the best players like in the most important roles instead of whatever this one is." Um, Except for that gets blown up when your starter is getting lit up in the third, and you're like, you know
2: what? Kenley right now. Kidley's good right now. Kinley in the fourth. This makes all the fucking sense. That's of- never no, happening. That's
4: never happening. That is what a Oh yeah? Jay hey,
3: when's the last time you saw an opener getting trotted out? Oh, wait. Kenley in the fourth uh, is not like happening, is last what I'm
4: saying. Couple days ago. <clears throat> the-, the opener. The opener is usually a response to not having enough starters uh, to be able to timeout, get through timeout, a, time, or timeout, not being timeout. willing to pay enough starters to get through I'll, the I'll rotation. Let
2: you, I'll, I'll let you fall back on that, but that's not going to be your first horse out of the stable, is it? What are you talking about? No, that's why the Rays did it that, that was that a, That was a very real, like, no, no, we're going to revolutionize this fucking thing. We're going we're to do it under the guise that we're going to not be able to identify five fucking guys that can start baseball games. That'll be the guys we do it under. But let's remember, you see this roster over here that says 3A on it? We're treating that like our big league roster, too. I don't know that any other teams are doing that. So what we're going to do is we're going to run out these arms early. Should it work? Great. We've got other arms that we feel like we can go bulk mode with. And we'll do that multiple times because we feel like this is the better way for us to use our resources. This isn't a fucking, oh, darn, shucks. We got lit up yesterday. Here's our bullpen. So why are they not not doing that right now? I would love to ask because they have better
4: pitchers now. They have pitchers that are capable of pitching a longer period of time on their on their rotation right now. And I think that it's probably because
2: you're investing in creating or finding guys like this instead of just falling back on a plan that we all knew was not sustainable. You cannot run a big league franchise like that over the course of a decade and feel like you're i think going they to have the results you want
4: i agree and i also think they knew that and agree with you i think that was a bridge or a temporary solution to try and squeeze the most wins out of the team that they had whether that's the major league roster and the triple a roster combined or whatever um so we just talked really loudly at each other and agreed the entire yeah, time that's, I, I think i think right. yes okay yeah oh well
0: (laughs) well let me add to let me add to the discussion and as an analytical mind guy myself for sure uh i will push the ball forward moving forward into this conversation of relievers and i'm looking at the stats right now and i've analyzed them all i've run them through the through the uh data sets and shit and basically marion rivera has less war than harold baines which makes me think harold baines I don't know why he wasn't unanimous Hall of Famer, but it seems like it was kind of bullshit.
4: I think you're interpreting that data incorrectly. I think we need to be asking. (laughs) I think we need to be asking, should relievers be in the Hall of Fame and not did Harold Baines set the bar too high? Um, Also, what war are you looking at, if I may ask? (laughs) uh, Because Mariano Rivera's got 56 and Harold Baines has 38. So... Uh, your, friend a, you okay, well, you gave, your friend gave <laughs> you well, yeah. Your friend gave you Your friend fucked you up.
1: But
0: Whoever you hired
4: for research sandbagging
1: is
0: not great. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm on, on Fangrafts, motherfucker. Yeah. Ever heard of it? <laughs> your I'm research has. Your
2: RD department is having a fucking <laughs> acid flashback, joke. You should probably get a hold of them.
0: Oh, uh, to be fair, I did not look up Harold Baines' War. I just had one in my brain that it was like 30, it was like 40 yeah. something. I don't know what it is, but. Mariano yeah. Rivera has 39 on F on fan graphs and Harold Baines has loading. We're loading. It's not loading, but I would say Harold Baines has more than 39. Let's see. 38. It's about the same.
3: It's
4: about the same. Well, that's that's the problem with accounting stat sometimes is that when you play for 40 seasons as a position player. <laughs> You're able to slowly grind out positive increment movement uh, as opposed to Mariano who big, had, the, who holy... had the class to resign after 19 seasons of high level baseball.
0: Yeah. It's wild though. The, the, the way that war works where it's like, it just makes relievers seem like worthless. You know, the best one of all time is like going against Harold Baines who's become a meme because of Jay Hay. Um, so that's kind of sad.
4: God, what an honor. Thank but you. if you look at wins
0: probability added, which I think is valuable, right? High leverage situations.
4: Closers yeah, and relievers
0: high. are I mean, yeah, look at the top 5 right now. I'm looking at it. It's 3 out of 5 of them are relievers for pitchers. So, there's definitely value. I mean, there's not coming out in the war, but to say they're not like they're useless now is kind of that's too far.
3: Well. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, this baseball season,
1: it's in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. And right now, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg that you add up to 100%. Um, Joey ruined the... Uh, parlay on Monday, but we'll be back on Monday this coming Monday with a, a brand new loser. baseball is dead, potentially a five leg parlay. Are we are the socks off on Monday or no? Uh, no, I think we're playing the Mariners. Yeah, we got the Mariners. All right, so it's going to be a five legger. I'm excited for that. Join the big league action right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on any bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Um, just to put Justin
2: Merlanger on the hold on. Kimley, real no, go quick. Ahead, go ahead. Yep, First yep. pitch of his career. First pitch yep, of his
3: 97.
2: career. 97. Fastest one. In
3: the last start? 99. In his last start? 99. Yeah, 99. Yep. Yep. I saw that. Move on. Justin Verlander going up against the, uh, they
1: call him Death Row um, in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Reds. Seven innings. Two hits. One earned run. Only uh, a couple walks and seven strikeouts uh perhaps what's mo- more important than beating the Cincinnati Reds and the Mets winning a game, Justin Verlander becomes the 21st pitcher
3: in baseball history to beat all 30 teams. That's,
1: that's pretty so awesome.
3: cool. That yeah, is so cool. Like
1: that's like uh that's almost as or just as rare as a perfect game, right? I don't know. I would
2: say, dude. Like,
3: how look, many perfect games? I'm are being there?
2: honest. There's 23, but like, I, I like oh. numbers. Numbers aside, numbers aside, like the number of times it's happened. That is way fucking cooler. Way fucking cooler to me, anyway.
1: Well, it's a body of it's a it's a larger body of work. You've got to yeah. you've got to stick around. I think I I don't want to say it's easier now because of uh how they do the schedule but we can say that uh there was a large chunk of baseball history where this was physically impossible so right. we're we're so, dealing with a smaller fraction of baseball history uh where you you start talking about interleague and now this is the first le- the first year where you're you're playing everybody
2: but, basically but you said it the longevity has to be there it has to be yeah. there, regardless of what sort of schedule Like a a kid starting today, you know, like, hey, Shane McClanahan, is Shane McClanahan going to be able to beat all 30 teams? Absolutely. He'll have the opportunity to do so should he be available over that period. But the scheduling, as far as it goes, plays into the favor of Shane McClanahan, as opposed to what it looked like for Justin Verlander doing this. So that is, dude, that is just such a feather in the cap. You know what I mean? like like it's almost one of those super cool, really important, awesome things that isn't maybe in the forefront of your mind, but when you think about it is a major flex, a major, major flex
3: mm. like
2: that's <laughs> that's something to behold in in my opinion. and I, I started thinking about this because the dominance of this dude has been something that has gone on for quite a long time, and it's gone on everywhere. He has dominated
3: yeah.
2: everybody. And it's like, like mm-hmm. without looking, because I have looked at this, so, I mean, maybe you guys have, maybe you haven't, but without looking, off the top of your head, who do you think is the team that has given Justin Verlander the most fits over his career?
1: Uh,
2: so,
3: who do you think he has the, the highest twins? career ERA against? The Twins? Joe? Yankees. Jay You know it's the guards. Jake? I missed the question I was
0: posting for our other podcast. <laughs> Red Sox. Just say Red Sox, too.
2: Who do you think has Red, Red Sox <laughs> success against Justin Verlander?
3: Yeah, it's got to be the Sox. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right.
2: Um, no, it's Jay Hay's shitty team. It's the Cleveland Guardians.
3: Oh. 4.53 4. mm.
2: ERA over 54 starts. That's 337 and two-thirds innings, 310 hits allowed, 170 earned runs. He's got 359 strikeouts in those 337 innings with 120. He's given up walks.
1: 170 runs to the guards.
2: 170 earned runs,
1: 177 that's, total. That's tough. That's yeah. a bad, that's a bad day at the office. <laughs> Gave up 170 yeah. today.
2: <laughs> yeah, but against the twins, uh, which was that was your guess, Jared? Yes. Uh 267 innings, 267 and two thirds, excuse me, two point seven six ERA for Justin Verlander. Okay. two hundred and sixty-eight mm-hmm. punch outs in those two sixty-seven and two thirds.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: I was going to ask you guys, do you think you can name any of the other pitchers who have beaten all 30 teams? There's a lot of notable names on here. It's not, I mean, like, obviously you've got to be notable to hang around long enough
3: and be good enough to beat all 30 teams. Kershaw. Um, Clayton Kershaw has not done it. Well, I guess he can't, Uh, right? Yeah, he was he's been a lifelong dodger. Right. Um Idiot. Uh, <laughs> This guy's high as fuck. <laughs> Cranky? Zach Cranky has done it. Green, yeah. Uh Roger Clemens? Roger Clemens has not done it. Pedro? No. Pedro Martinez has not done it. Um Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Has not done it. The first pitcher to do it. uh, Looks like it was Al Leiter. So 2002 is when pitchers started doing this. Uh, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox. No. <laughs> Neither one of them. No. Motherfuck. Yeah. I'll lighter. I feel
1: like Jay, hey, What are you cooking in your brain right now? I'm just. There's waiting. a I, lot of obvious I, names I, on here. I like, was. It's cooking. not like fucking. Waiting for
4: Dallas to answer the question for God's sake. Oh, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm.
1: I mean, Joey got one. Joey got Zach Granke. Dallas has <laughs> I'm not one got for one. Jay one for Dallas is
0: over twelve. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sitting with the lead. I'm chilling. I'm not going to name anyone else because I know I'm one of, the, the, of these
3: guys play. started game mm-hmm. one of the 2004 World Series. wainwright no another guy
1: pitched in the 2004 world series another guy pitched in the 2004
3: alcs this guy pitched for 50 years this guy jamie moyer
1: jamie moyer jamie moyer is on the list woody williams started game one of the world series against tim wakefield Nice. Uh, Kurt Schilling is on the list. Kevin Brown was the guy in the ALCS that I was referring to. Um, Vicente Padilla <laughs> somehow made this list. Javier Vasquez, a lot of 2004 representation. Gave up the two bombs to uh, Johnny Damon in the ALCS that year. Derek Lowe pitched uh, in Game Seven of the ALCS in 2004. AJ Burnett, um, he did it. Dan Haren, Kyle Loesch. Uh, Tim Hudson, John Lackey, Max Scherzer, Bartolo Colon. Doesn't sound like much of Barry Tom Zito. Bartolo.
2: How does nobody say Bartolo?
1: How does no one say Bartolo? Max Scherzer, Randy
3: Johnson, Garrett Cole. It's quite the list. Terry Mulholland. <laughs> that's that's
1: got to be the most random name on here, but that's, yeah, Terry that's the list. T mul Yeah.
2: The fact that Greg Maddox yep. and Tom Glavin have not and Terry Mulholland did.
1: Well, they played most of their game. Like
3: when did when did uh when did inter league start? 98? Yeah, they were in the national. They called Terry Mulholland's nickname was Molly.
0: I bet. Mm. Big <laughs> Moll. <laughs> it's a good nickname. Yeah. I never would have guessed. Typical like some baseball. of these names I never would have
1: guessed. Like AJ Burnett, <laughs> Derek Lowe, Mom.
3: <Come> <clears throat> like they're names, but like I, I never would have. I never would have guessed that. John Lackey, Javier Vasquez, Vasquez. I mean, Javier Vasquez probably beat the thirty-one teams
1: because he he. Uh, but he came from the Expos. Maybe I
4: don't know. I don't respect. There's got to be some guys that I don't had, care. Dallas is dead wrong. It's much cooler to have thrown a perfect game. Period. You think so? Period. Oh yes, yes, no question. I would not compliment Dallas if. It wasn't 100 percent true.
3: Hmm. So th- there's no credence
1: it. to this being the uh, rarer mm. feat.
4: No, because I'd rather have in terms of this like prolonged accomplishment versus like a literally a perfect well, day at the ballpark, I think I would just rather have that moment. The Hall of
1: Fame is not calling for Justin Verlander's Jersey on the day that he beat his 30th team.
4: Yeah. And like, and, and well, and also you got to remember
2: too, like, I don't know how many of these wins went this way for guys. I, I can't imagine too many of them, but you can throw a pitch and win a ball game, right? Yeah. Like these guys didn't do that. I don't see Kurt Schilling coming in in the fifth, throwing one pitch, getting it out, his team going ahead. And then he doesn't go out for like that didn't happen for Kurt. So these are, these are hard fought W's, but some of them look different than others. So I get it. And I appreciate that Jay. I just, think to myself how cool that would be to have that as a feather in your cap like yeah all every major league team that ever got ever invented ever i beat him
4: not all of um, us can go out there with ketchup painted on our socks i'm just kidding Chill. Oh, i'm just kidding Chill. shout spare out spare wow. me shout out wow. shout out uh spare me sorry burrito don't worry about it baby <laughs>
3: The
1: big, Spare me The, the with big
4: that. burrito.
1: <laughs> I mean, we are talking to a guy that literally threw a perfect game and he's telling you that beating 30 teams is more impressive.
4: Yeah, I'm so. telling him he's wrong. <laughs> like I do on stuff all the time. I'm telling him he's wrong.
1: <laughs> I think it would be different if it was like, if we had like Trevor Plouffe on here and we were asking him like, hey, what do you? Th- what would you rather do as a big leaguer and he cannot speak to experience on either as he did not pitch and he did not accomplish one but dallas actually people forget dallas brain through People perfect, forget
4: all the time pitch. yeah the anniversary <laughs> yeah. The anniversary is just a couple days ago i forgot
1: it's tuesday yeah. yeah we uh they
4: i'm just kidding I they remember.
1: asked me to recount my memories from it on the sweat i went into the DraftKings office and and they were like <laughs> they were like uh, can you tell us your memories about it? And I was like, oh, I've got plenty of memories <laughs> about it. Got a lot, got a lot of, got a lot of stories, <laughs> got a lot <laughs> yes. of things that,
4: to say about Almost it. Almost none of my <laughs> memories are from the actual date of it happening. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I think there is like another, I, I, I forgot to include this in my, in my memories recounted about or from the event. But when Sean Manaya threw his no hitter against the Red Sox, I remember going back to the hotel and like Dallas was just like all over the news because it was like the first time that
3: an Oakland A's pitcher did something productive since Dallas Braden's perfect game. Look, I mean, you know, you
2: cast a shadow, Jared. What do you, you know, I'm sorry. like, I didn't, I try to stay out of the sun. You know, I do. It's, it's not my spotlight anymore. It's not my spotlight anymore. I'm just here really to narrate, narrate the summers from here on. Yeah. There is no sun over
4: yeah. that yeah. stadium <laughs>
1: right now. No, there's not. <laughs> it's like, there is a dark like that spaceship <sighs> emerging
4: in Independence Day. Um.
1: Yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad because uh, it was a once promising franchise. Like I, I go back to it all the
3: time. The year I was born, Oakland A's won the still, World Series.
2: Still a storied
3: franchise. Don't sleep. Hmm. It's a horror story. is what it is. Hey. Just like the season, there's ebbs and flows, okay? Mm-hmm. There's ebbs and flows in the
1: in the in the story of your franchise. Uh some beers could say that they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon could say that it's brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together. And no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. Got the weekend coming up. Socks cards. I'm going to see uh, Jack Flaherty this weekend. Nolan Aronado, the former podcast alumni. Maybe I'll try and uh, sit down with him. See what's up. Don't talk a little, don't little ask baseball Jack any classic questions about
4: that fastball. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know that that's a guy that I want to ask if he's available (laughs) for the podcast. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll feel differently talking to us, but we'll see with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice. Ritual guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience. Perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out moon. Brewing Company.com for beer and baseball merch, or visit get.blue dot com slash rocket to find blue moon delivery options. That is get dot slash rocket. Blue Moon made brighter celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company Golden Colorado. Ale. Uh Joseph, what is uh what's cooking on the baseball doesn't exist YouTube channel? I feel like we're we're like on the precipice. It's kind of like uh uh Yellowstone. I feel like we're we're about to blow. Yeah, you've been too the the channel's been silent for a few days. You haven't been tipping your pitches. You haven't put out any ominous tweets, being like, "Hey, can you guys do the fucking research for me for my next video?" Like, I have no idea what's coming, and I don't know when it's coming.
5: Ah, uh, it'll
1: be
0: coming early next week. New video. Okay. Okay. Uh, this topic is, you know, you'll never guess the next topic. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, stay tuned. I don't know. I don't fucking say. Can you give me a hint? Can you give me a hint? Well, we covered a lot of it. Killer, on this podcast. Covered a <laughs> lot of it. <laughs> we've, covered almost, we've covered almost all of it on this podcast. How recently? Very recently.
3: Very recently. Oh man, it's, it's,
1: a, it's about the pitchers who have beaten all 30 teams. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Is it... Is it more pitching or offense
0: focused? I would say it's more, uh, it's both. It's not, it's not, it's neither here or there. Okay. Okay. So it's just baseball focused. It's it's a baseball video. That's a, (laughs) we'll We'll leave it at that. But I do have a, um, funny little tidbit that, say okay this is because, uh joe's uh, cutting room floor the cutting room floor which is a segment that i always forget to do and that we don't bring it up because i forget and then it didn't it didn't become a thing but i have a good one because i remembered i'm getting used to the segments and stuff so i'm just going through <laughs> the notes to find it fuck <laughs> fuck <laughs> you take your time okay
2: a lot of button pounding going on over there
0: yeah, he is hammering yeah. the keys back there. If you guys just knew, if you guys could get log into my Google Doc account, you would see why this happens. There is a lot of fucking Google Docs.
3: hmm
4: If I logged into Google Docs to find many a Google Doc, I think I would be <laughs> pretty taken aback.
0: hmm <clears throat> Whoa! Not really That's a Google, a lot of Google Doc. Doc. Docs. All right, let's talk about Let's talk about something else, dude. I'll bring it back at the end. Okay, bring it back as your as your final thought. It's a tease, yes. All right, so
1: we're teasing we're teasing Joe's cutting room floor, um, kind of to 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 bookend the Kenley Jansen conversation from, from earlier. Jake's takes. Do you have any? Do you have anything you want to add on the Kenley conversation, Jake? Yeah, um, I mean, it was just it was really cool to see him do it against the Braves team that he grew up loving. Um, I mean, Cora said it after the game, like the the Braves are probably in his mind the best team in the NL. So, I mean, just another another big win for the Sox. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's such we talked about it on Name Redacted, but um, blowing saves last year for the Red Sox was pretty much their worst Achilles heel, and this year they just aren't doing it. So, <laughs> can I read that stat again? So, So I did a little research last night in regards to Kenley Jansen being a Boston Red Sox through 38 games last year, the Red Sox were 16 and 22 with an MLB leading 10 blown saves through 38 games this year. They're 22 and 16 and Kenley Jansen has blown one save. Jansen has nine saves so far. The Red Sox, as a team, had
3: seven saves between six different pitchers. Hmm, What a difference adding a closer makes. Thank you, Haim. Um, <clears throat> I feel like Jay Hay is going
1: to have some, something to add to this conversation. But the Baltimore Orioles, the Orioles, have taken a series from the Tampa Bay Rays. And Dallas, if I were to ask you right now, how many, how many series do you think the Rays have lost this year?
2: How many I, I, None. They haven't lost a series yet, have they?
1: This is, so I, I'm with you. When I saw that the Orioles had taken a series from the Tampa Bay Rays, I was like, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a topic on the show. Rays lose their first series of the season uh, on May 10th. It's their third series loss. Third, yeah, it's their third wow. series loss. Maybe they're not as good. The fact that they, the fact that they've lost two series before that, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were.
2: No, I think they're pretty good. I think they're okay. as good. Is I think they're they're adequately assessed.
1: <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah, they're good. Well, how about how about some? I mean, I think I think one of the good things about this particular podcast, baseball's dead, is that if we blow teams. We're fair. We we circle back when things don't go as as planned. I, I feel like that's we've been the Pittsburgh Pirates. We literally did like six straight that. podcasts where the Pirates were the, the lead topic mm-hmm. and they've been ass cheeks ever since then. And we've covered that. Yeah. We did a lot of podcasts blowing the Tampa Bay Rays. Our last episode, Jake, was the was the title or was the was the uh graphic for the last episode? That was a Tampa Bay Rays title card, right? Yeah, it was. Okay. So they just lost a series to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I think that we should give some love to the Baltimore Orioles for being able to take down the Tampa Bay Rays in the series.
2: Well, the Baltimore Orioles are a team that continue. I don't I, is, is surprised that, that that word needs to go away, right? They're not surprising anybody at this point, are they?
1: The Rays? No, no. The, no, O's. No, the, the, the O's. The O's? The oh, no, yeah. no, because this goes back to last year. Right. This goes back to right. last year, so, so I, I'm not I'm not particularly surprised at all. I know some people like I, I feel like if you're on the more casual side, which I don't think that that our audience has many casuals in it. I'm sure that some of them are like, yeah, I follow my team and I listen to you guys to keep up with the rest of the league. Like that's fine, but I even those people know that since last year the
3: Baltimore Orioles have been. One of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, they they are they are a very
2: real. I, I think they are a very real challenge for the Rays. And there's nothing. Look, there's the reason that this division will continue to be talked about as a, a division to watch. I said it. A L East, A L West. I like these two divisions to watch for for different reasons. I mean, the West doesn't have. The the same amount of competitiveness, because right now, realistically, all the teams, all of the teams in the AL East are potential viable options, even with the Yankees playing as bad as as they're playing right now. But they just had themselves a nice little series boost. So the Orioles, I think, can be a very real contender for this division with the Tampa Bay Rays if they're able to continue to just plug away the way they are right now.
1: In their last 162 games, Dallas, how many wins do you think the Baltimore Orioles have?
2: In the last 162.
1: Last 162. How many wins are the Baltimore Orioles as a team?
2: 94.
1: 93. Oh, <laughs> good shit, Dallas. 93 so and 69. Good. So good. That at the is team. the fifth best record in the big leagues and the
0: second best record in the American League. They have a, yeah. And they've and, done and it look, with pretty much no starting pitching. Like,
2: Thank you, Joe. I uh, was just going to say, and look, if they <laughs> could figure some yeah. shit out on the bump because they've got some guys that are driving the struggle bus. They've got some guys that are riding the struggle bus. Um, if they could get that ironed out, then that statement that I just made about them contending for this division, that becomes all the more realistic. All oh. the more realistic because they just don't have they 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 don't have anybody starting baseball games right now that it feels like is giving them their best chance to win it feels like
4: you almost go ahead no i was gonna say but that is how it they won the series in tampa because they did do that finally um yes they're finally they finally got outings from their starting pitchers. correct yep that are because i think the kid um it was Kramer, Grayson Rodriguez, okay. and Gibson, and they combined for four earned runs in 17 and two-thirds. So that... Yeah, Gibson's been good this year. And that's for a rotation that's got like an ERA north of five on the season. So they haven't been yeah. doing yeah. that. Well, Kramer, they... Kramer's a... Kramer, for me, I don't want to say he's
2: like a... Uh... Well, he's, he's, it's not been great, but he sucks. If, if, he's a, if he's a dude that can figure it out, like if he, if he can seriously... Give me a fucking he's, four two. Is, is
1: he or is he not a guy where we know what he is? I mean, like it's not like he's new to the big leagues. This is what his fourth, fifth season.
2: No, he's not. But but look, Jared, I have a hard time just casting guys off, um, especially when we see the evolution or the. Uh, you have the a hard. You have us. a
1: hard time saying that this is what he is because he hasn't played for the Rays yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and also because <clears throat> he is a Stockton, California native. Sorry. Um, Ow! but yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I think there are, look, there's some things left to be desired here in, in my opinion with Dean Kramer, because st- he's got good stuff. He's got good stuff. It's really what, when I've watched him, cause he's pitched against us a few times, it's just, I, I think it's a, a lack of command and a lack of, of maybe of an idea of what he wants to get done, what he's mm-hmm. looking to accomplish in his outings. That's, and, and I say that as somebody who has paid attention to him closely during his outings, for what uh, for the reasons I just mentioned, he's a, he's a Stockton boy, he's a two hundred nine er. So I I I've watched him, I've paid attention to him.
1: So the Stockton is, two hundred nine baby, com- we can't read, we can't read, but we can play ball though.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I want Dean Kramer to read a scouting report a little closer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I Dean that's still one of my I favorite I things. It. I. That's my I I still I keep that essay. I keep that essay saved in my phone just in case I need to whip it out anytime and just spit bars on Stockton, California. I just I keep that thing on me. Uh, Shout out to the Baltimore Orioles. Again, second best record in the American League over their last 162 games played. Second to They're they're tied with the Toronto Blue Jays in fairness, but still second best record in the American League. Um, only to the Houston Astros, who I believe have won over 100 games, 101 games, uh, which is even more impressive when you consider how painfully mediocre they've been to start the year this season. Joe, guess
2: how many runs Yanir Cano has given up since we last talked about him?
0: Zero. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't given up any runs all year. He's given up three hits this year. What is it, his changeup he's given up no hits on? Yep, no (laughs) hits on the changeup. No hits on
3: pull the string.
0: The change piece. Yeah. Um it's weird. It's like that he's carrying the team as a reliever. I think he leads their team in war and he's the reliever. So that that's I mean, fucking rare shit.
3: That'd
1: be pretty good for that. Uh some couple news and notes before we get the fuck out of here. Uh, Yuri Perez getting the call. Um, what is he 20 years old uh, uh, yes is he Miami, is he Marlins Mar- Miami Marlins are calling up 20 Miami Marlins are calling up 20 year old top pitching prospect Yuri Perez this oh, historical shoot. start will be Friday night at Lone Depot Park against the Cincinnati Reds per sources and I believe I saw somewhere <clears throat> that um, fellow countryman Sandy Alcantara was the one who informed him that he was getting called up, which was a pretty cool gesture by the Miami Marlins to do that.
2: Well, very cool, especially if you understand the dynamic between a young guy like Yuri Perez and Sandy. This, is, I mean, you know, Yuri might be looking down on Sandy because Yuri's fucking 6'8", 220 pounds. Sandy's
3: no little fella either. Right? No. But, but that's just... Sandy's huge. Yeah. I know but yuri's six eight
1: <laughs> I mean, if I were to guess Sandy's got to be like six four six five,
2: I was gonna say six five
1: <clears throat> yeah, Sandy Alcantara is six five
0: monster big, big yeah. pickup, second place Marlins They're on the Braves' heels. Braves aren't a mm-hmm. losing streak. Marlins are knocking on that door Nineteen nineteen. ninety you've lost one game at the yeah. two
2: ships two ships <laughs> passing in the night, Joe mm-hmm.
1: Shout out to Miami Marlins. You see those match home match. runs that Jorge Soler hit the other night? Oh my god, Jesus Christ! Where is he going? I mean, if I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the vibes in Miami by saying what team is Soler going to end up with uh, at the trade deadline? Because obviously they they have they have a winning
0: record, right, Joe? They're they're five hundred. They're five hundred even. Yeah, nineteen nineteen. Okay, I mean, well, they're not out of it, and.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm curious to see where some of these pieces are going to end up. Jorge Soler. I'm sure, a lot of teams are going to want him. Um, and then you also have to consider Aroldis Chapman, the previously mentioned Aroldis Chapman, who uh, randomly signed with the Kansas City Royals to revive I'm his career Soler
2: to St. Louis.
1: Okay, that's they need uh, another outfielder. Aroldis Chapman sucked so bad that he was going to be left off the playoff roster. He was, he was all over his bullshit in New York. He had a tattoo get infected, and he missed time Sweet because tattoos. of that. Yeah, they, they, uh, they were going to leave him off the playoff roster, so he just abandoned the team, went to free agency, signed with the Royals. He's pitched 12 and two-thirds innings. He's got 20 strikeouts, uh, a 110 whip, 14.2 strikeouts per nine, a 284 ERA. And according, he has not let up a home run yet. Uh, according to reports, there are teams already calling the Kansas City Royals uh, to gauge where they're at on trading the the veteran left hander.
4: Biggest takeaway from that is is that it's uh, May 11th, and the Royals are already receiving calls about what they're going to do with players. So nice, <laughs> nice season. <laughs> <clears throat>
3: Nice season you got there.
4: Cool. Don't care where Chapin ends up. But nice uh, season. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jay, hey, you got any nugs for God us? God Damn it. Yeah, I'll give you some rapid fire nugs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, friend of the do. podcast, our boy Justin Steele. Uh, another, yes. Another win last night. He's now six and zero on the year. Two things here: uh, fourth cub to start six and zero or better through the first eight starts of a season. Arietta in 2016. Dizzy Dean. In 1938, and Ooh. as we all remember, King Cole in 1910. Yeah. Um, he also mm-hmm. has a 1.96 ERA over his last 22 starts. We've been tracking that every start. No reason to stop now. Uh, shout out to Erod, uh, who handled the Guardians pretty easily last night. What a renaissance season for Erod. Uh, 51 and two thirds innings with a 1.57 ERA now. That's tied for third in innings pitched and second in ERA behind only Sonny Gray. Um, His fastballs, his assortment of fastballs, he throws three of them, have been absolutely dominant this year. 152 batting average allowed. That's the best in baseball. Um, Jack Flaherty um, had some, we played it on the podcast yesterday, had some really nice comments for the reporters there about how they don't know pitching uh, and how he plays with his velocity and can succeed at lower velocities. Turns out not so true. Uh, I looked it up this morning. Highest slugging percentage allowed uh, against four seamers thrown 92 miles an hour or slower. Since the start of last season, uh, of the 114 pitchers who uh, fit the qualifications, his slugging percentage of 889 uh, was the second worst in baseball. So um, I don't think there's success to be found at those lower velocities with his four-seamer. As it turns out, maybe those reporters were onto something. Um, and then <clears throat> lastly, you brought up Yuri Perez. Um, just a quick note, he's thrown 186 innings pitched in the minor leagues. Uh, that comes with 266 strikeouts, 260 strikeouts, and 100 and, and 122 hits allowed, 122 hits in 186 innings. I mean, he's literally as dominant as a pitching prospect has been in the minor leagues in some time. So this could be really cool. That's what I got. Looking forward. Interesting. Are there
1: any? Uh, are there any like big? Not that they're they ever amount to much, but have what have the big league comps been?
4: I'm not sure. They're really. I mean, I don't necessarily know. I would also say that as Dallas pointed out, he's six eight and there really just aren't that many comps for six, eight, twenty no. year olds who throw like this and who have had this level no. of actual on field success in the minor leagues either. Like it's kind of a unicorn gets overused, Get ready. but yeah, it's oh. I mean, it's pretty rare, man. So it mm. it,
2: it gets misused, it gets overused because there's only one unicorn and this is not unicorn, but this is like, this is about as rare as it gets for that reason right there. You just, you don't even have a name to throw out there. It's like a centaur. Like, I'd love to. It's, uh, like, uh, that, it's right, like, like, like that. It's like that
4: image he, that A-Rod <laughs> has hanging in his house where he's like half man, half beast, <laughs> half half man, half horse. It's kind of. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think you instantly think like, you know, Dwight Gooden, you think Kerry Wood,
2: like those kind of rookie, like, oh man, could this be, but. I mean, those dudes are not 6'8".
3: You know, both crazy shit, but I don't know, man. I'm tuning in. This is going to be fun to watch. Yeah.
0: Um, Joseph, final thoughts? Well, I found the uh, cutting room floor segment. This is from my last video about MLB attendance, kind of looking into what teams do to get fans to come to games year after year yeah. after year after year. And I found this promotion, which was a minor league promotion, the Altoona Curve. The first one thousand fans who went to the game got a picture of the GM's gallbladder. <laughs> what? <laughs> so a thousand lucky fans, and it gets better. One lucky fan after they did the raffle got the actual gallbladder. Gallbladder.
2: What? I believe there's got to be some, There's got to be like an FDA thing. There's got to be rules against this, right? Like you fucking giving away human organs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what they said. I, I kind of h- find it hard to believe that the fan who won it actually got it, or he got the rights to it, or what? How they did this to make that real without it actually being real? But it says here, <laughs> one lucky fan got the actual gallbladder. What
4: a terrible! I feel like that
0: would be a great side hustle for Dallas. Yeah,
1: like that. That would be a great side hustle for Dallas. Is come up with minor league promotions. Like, just, hey, get in an alternate state of mind. Take whatever hallucinogenic drugs that you need to take and tell us how to get fans to show up. Like, Dallas would just go on some sort of retreat where he becomes one with himself and then creates a list of the most crazy minor league promotions.
2: I had an incredible promotion early that I tried to get going at the the Stockton ballpark because this is something that I did when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. They uh like you go to the rodeo and they just fucking throw you on the back of a sheep if you want to, and you hold on and they let that sheep take off and you tried to hold on to that sheep for as long <laughs> as you can. Right? Eight seconds typically. Um typically.
3: And so <laughs> I
2: I thought about like, let's get some little kids and let's get a couple sheep and let's do like child jousting. So we'll get the kids <laughs> on sheep, <laughs> right? And yeah, and then you, you get them in saddles and, and you get them, them fixed in their saddle on the back of sheeps and then with like big soft extendo swords you could just put, 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 tr- fucking trot them off against each other. You put them in the opposing team's uniform. You know, boom! Just a quick little two out of three in between innings. I, 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 I feel like that <laughs> that's putting asses in the seats. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> <Do> you- <clears throat> my, my question would kind of be like why children? Why couldn't we get adults to do like jousting on horses in between innings instead of children on see, sheep?
2: That's, that's where you start to get a little aggressive, you know. There's probably some safety concerns in there because the kids, you throw a little helmet. On, <laughs> Let the kids.
1: Yeah, the, we don't have to worry about the kids' safety. It's like they're just oh.
2: they're just falling off the back of a sheep. It's not like they're. Fa- it's not like <laughs> some drunk assholes falling eight feet off the back of a horse onto his neck because he didn't even see the joust coming. He's too worried about taking a selfie up on the jumbo board. And instead he gets yeah. fucking decapitated by this by the other guy who's actually paying attention. Like these kids right. are gonna be locked in, right? Like you hop mm-hmm. these little fellas up on, on cotton candy or whatever, get these little boys and girls just jacked up on all kinds of sugar, <laughs> put them on the back of a sheep and let's fucking have at it.
0: I got a couple of great ones that are kinda like that. Not exactly, but this one Myelink team did a cash drop night, cash grab. They dropped a thousand dollars into the field and just had kids pick up the money they had like 12 year olds and then like five year olds two kids were injured one was hospitalized <laughs>
1: <laughs> i i was at a uh, human cannonball night in 2008 or 9 like the video on youtube is, is the video that i took and it still comes up and like it got like a bunch of views on my youtube channel from like high school and they just literally, it was like the human home run or something. So they shot the dude over the fucking fence. And See, <laughs> the, the,
2: the Dizzy Bat Race for me is an all-timer. It's an all-timer for obvious reasons. Because nobody sober is getting talked into or signing up to do that. So yeah. you're already venturing into, well, I don't know what this could be about here. And you get two of those people on the field at the same time. Trying to run a race, dizzy. Like I don't care if it's thirty feet, hundred feet. It's all entertainment to me. I love it. I, I fucking love it because somebody's <laughs> falling. Somebody's going to potentially break something, and that has me glued in. Like yeah, I that's lo- I. Yeah,
0: I mean Dallas, you're onto <laughs> something here because in the eighties, the Braves did something similar where they were so fucking bad they couldn't get anyone in the games. Ted Turner got on the back of an ostrich and raced it on ostrich the field races. the owner and the ostrich crashed into the dugout and so he ate yeah. shit people people and might somehow there's my, no video of that it's crazy there's no people video might of that.
2: forget about my in inning my, my between inning prowess like i i've been a hot dog in the president's race in dc and i was used as a distraction right the presidents are running And I forget which president that I was teamed up with, but I was in his hot dog scooter, right? Like his little hot dog thing. And when the presidents got to him, I popped up, you know, they were, they were going to buy a hot dog during the race. And then I popped up out of the hot dog "Ah!" (laughs) and the presidents kept running. They took off and they get down to the fucking right field line. And I jumped from like the grass. The president's already through the bullpen gate. This video's out there, Joey. I jump from the fucking warning track, boom, fly over the warning track, and spear the fucking president. Stuck him.
0: Boom, took nice. him down. Sounds sounds like Teddy to me. That sounds like Teddy. I think it might have been Teddy. They just you put think, you I in the taff, costume. They didn't even... short into that one. They didn't say this is. Yeah, Dallas I was just They're just like, no, boy. it's a random guy. <laughs>
3: Well, I was. It was when I was at uh, ESPN. Damn, dude! No, good times. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> Jake, any final thoughts? Um. Yeah, I love Xfinity.
1: Oh yeah, me too. I do. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, The baseball season's rolling. It's the best time of the year, and there are games all day, every day. When I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10G Network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone that you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Um, so uh, before we get out of here, who do the A's got this weekend, Dallas? The Texas Rangers. Oh, yikes. And that's a four gamer, huh? Yeah. I don't have to work Saturday. Holla. <laughs> uh, you're going to get some pretty good series um, <clears throat> this weekend. You're going to get to see the Braves and the Jays. That'll be good. Uh, you're going to get to see the Yankees and the Rays. That'll be good. Uh, the Orioles and the Pirates would have on, on paper. You're getting 21 and 17 versus 24 and 13. But obviously, the Pirates have very much crashed down back to earth. Uh, the Mariners and Tigers. That's intriguing. That's an intriguing series because you have a team that's <laughs> overachieving. It's, it's overachieving for the Tigers. Like they have played good baseball. Uh, and the Mariners have underachieved so that they're kind of evenly matched in terms of the starts that they've had to this season. Uh, Cubs twins that I feel like I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued. And then somehow we're already getting Padres Dodgers again. We haven't gotten Red Sox Yankees once, but we already have Padres
3: Dodgers for a second time. So that's... Uh, everybody
0: What's knows the they the with the scheduling. They need...
3: all.
1: What's the date today? It's 11- 420. You to say? The 11th. 420. I was just it's 420, dude. Yeah, May 11th. May 11th, <laughs> we've gotten Padres, Dodgers twice. Red Sox, Yankees, zero times. It's fucked up. But anyways, enjoy your weekend of baseball. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any friends that are baseball fans and they don't listen, you should definitely tell them to listen. We're just getting started. I feel like we're just c- kind of hitting our stride here. Baseball is dead. We get the four-man crew. Jay Hay, Dallas, Joseph, Jake, myself. Uh, we'll be back on Monday and uh, enjoy the weekend of baseball. We out.